Welcome to Artful Aging with your host, Amy. Are you a senior or a caregiver of a senior looking for support and direction? Best-selling author, educator, and expert in senior living, Amy Friesen, is here with the help you need while providing you with an important and valuable support network. So now, please welcome the host of Artful Aging, Amy Friesen. Hello and welcome to Artful Aging with Amy. I'm your host, Amy Friesen, and we are on Bold Brave TV. On today's episode, it's all about innovators in the seniors housing industry. And frankly, I'm sure that this show and upcoming ones just like it are going to be my favorite because I love to see the industry change and develop because I love the senior housing industry. And I love when new blood comes into the industry and young entrepreneurs join the game. So I'm really excited uh, for today's episode. My first guest is the founder and CEO of Upside Home, the first and only fully managed living option that uses technology to support and simplify access to quality housing and services. Jake Rothstein is first realized that there was a substantial need for not only not only for Upside Home, but honestly for an entire industry shakeup, I would say, when he co-founded a previous company called Papa, which pairs older adults and families with companionship and services. Jake, it's so nice to have you joining us. Welcome. Amy, thank you so much for that very nice introduction. It's really great to be here. Well, I'm, as, as I said, I'm very excited to have you on. Uh, Jake, as you know, I too run a business in the senior living industry. So needless to say, when I heard about uh, Upside Home, I was thrilled to chat more about it with you. We've had previous conversations as well. So um, I, I hunted you down as fast as I could find you. But uh, this unique take on senior living is super attractive to many independent seniors, as well as seniors who need some services, but who want to remain in an apartment-like setting. Jake, I know I briefly just touched about, you know, what you're up to, but could you tell everyone a little bit more about Upside Home and how you came up with the concept? Yeah, absolutely. So we are building the biggest senior living community in the world without laying a single brick. That's kind of our spiel. Um, and we do it by utilizing existing multifamily infrastructure. We place older adults in these units. We wrap around a layer of services, all accessed through a single simple point of contact. Um, and we give people a variety of channels to access those services with. So if they're comfortable with an app or they're comfortable with a cell phone or they're comfortable with a text or an email, uh, they have a variety of channels and modalities to be able to access that. And we found that really important. It was actually one of the early lessons that we had from Papa uh, when we had built the first iteration of our Papa app um, and very few people uh, in their 70s and 80s downloaded it. So. Uh, learning from previous experience uh, has been helpful in uh, accelerating Upside Home. So, but to get started um, and how we got started was really based on a family need. So, similar to the way we started Papa based on my grandfather, uh, we started Upside Home based on my grandmother. And my grandfather had moved into traditional senior living. He was um, he was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, and my grandmother wound up moving him to a memory care community. Um, and she was 87 and just all of a sudden found herself completely alone, um, but in otherwise perfect health. She had been caring for him for the last you know, few years on her own, and she was just like, now this new person, right at 87, she had this new life ahead of her uh, because she didn't have to deal with the burden of, of his care anymore because now he was in this community. And so, but she found herself in this big house that they built together, and she had just finished having knee replacement surgery, so she was having trouble walking up and down the stairs. And so we said, okay, well, this big house doesn't make sense for her anymore. She's otherwise in perfect health, but she can't manage all this stuff, the 
maintenance and the repairs and the grocery shop, like all this stuff that she was, you know, trying to manage. So we sold her house and we moved her into an apartment in the same neighborhood, the neighborhood she knew and loved, the neighborhood where she had friends and family around, where she knew her CVS and her, you know, her pharmacist and her, uh, her doctors. And I became this person that she came to for everything. I was the person she came to everything before, but now I continue to be this person that she came to for the household things, things like rides to a doctor or things like driving at night or things like grocery shopping. Uh, she couldn't pick up the 24 pack of water bottles from the grocery store shop. So I had to go with her. Anyway, long story short, we said, okay, well, my grandmother is now in an apartment and I'm doing all this management of stuff for her. And she is incredibly independent. She doesn't need help with care. She doesn't really need help toileting and showering and, and eating, but she needs help with the little things, the IADL type of support, instrumental activities of daily living. And that was like the spark. We said, okay, there must be millions more people like my grandmother. And we actually started the business um, based on this um, modeling around this golden girl, this idea of golden girls houses. Let's do this in single family homes. Let's pair Older adults that are compatible with each other, put them in single family homes and then manage the entire experience for them and manage the whole entire process for them. And we quickly realized that that was a very hard approach to scale in single family homes. First of all, finding a lot of them that met our specific criteria around quality was challenging. Um, and and it was hard to get the amenities that people wanted. We were, you know, we had spun up a couple of ads on Google and Facebook and People are calling us and they're like, well, do you have a gym? Does you have, do you have a pool? Do you have security? Um, is maintenance included? All of these different things that people that are younger older adults and active older adults really want, but that we we're having trouble providing in the con you know, in confines of a traditional single family home. So we started working with apartment communities in the multifamily space and um, and here we are. I think it's fantastic. I, again, I was so excited when, when you and I came across each other. So I'm just waiting for you to get to Canada <laughs> for us. So We'll get there. I know you will for sure. And can you tell me like what your vision is going forward? Yeah. So we want to be the big, like I said, the biggest senior living community in the world without laying a single brick. So sort of what Airbnb did to the hotel industry, we'd like to do for this pre, almost like a pre-senior living. So we work actually very nicely and very um, synergistically with traditional senior living because our solution is incredibly independent. There's you know, 90% of people say that they want to age in place, right? But typically due to some sort of trigger event, uh, it becomes impractical. But it doesn't necessarily mean that they're ready or need assisted living or memory care. And so we said, well, there's probably something in between the time that a person, you know, has their kids move out to college in the house that they raised them in to the time that they need traditional senior living um, and care, you know, very care-driven senior living. Um, and that's the solution that we want to be. We want to fit in that 90%. So ten, senior living has 10% of the market. We want to we want to fit into that 90% and almost get people on a path towards senior living, but do it in a much more transitional, much more yeah, you know, much easier type of way. Yeah. Sometimes with uh, with our independent seniors, they they're going like you said from a home, and then all of a sudden they're going to community, right? Retirement, long term care, depending on what it is, and it can be a shock, especially for um, people that are moving for reasons like uh, nutrition or stairs or things like that. And so lots of retirement offer independent, um, but a lot of the people in the community still see retirement as retirement, not like a, as a retirement home, as opposed to an independent senior community. And so there's definitely, you know, they definitely have it in the retirement, but I think that this 
speaks to a larger amount of people who are looking for that apartment style because not and don't forget like a lot of retirement who do have um, independent are also in they don't have the apartment style like it's still you know still maybe like half kitchens or still you know not as big a space and things like that so this is why it was so interesting to come across to you yeah, you know, it's interesting you say that the half kitchens, like one of the things that people come to us with is uh, their dining room tables. They come to us and they're like, well, right? we, yeah. is this apartment going to be big enough for our dining room table? Because dining room tables associated with family and community and the, how many countless, you know, Christmas dinners and Thanksgiving dinners have people had around their dining room tables? This is where the memories have been made over the past however many years. And that is one thing that people really want to hold on to. So um, we can enable that, right? We have a lot of options. We can give people a lot of options in terms of space and ge- layout and geography and floor plan and mode, whatever it might be, uh, in order to have people continue to hold on to those things that are so important to them. Um, the other thing I, I'd say, like one of the things that makes us really special is the idea that we're intergenerational. So many people come to us and they say, I am stuck in this 88-year-old's body and I feel like I'm 25 at heart. And I don't want to be in, a, I'm not ready to be in a community of all just 70 and 80 and 90 year olds. Um, I'd love, you know, to be mixed in with people of all ages. And so we are able to offer that, you know, all the benefits of traditional, you know, independent senior living, but with all of the positive impacts of having people that are all ages around you. Yeah, I think it's um, especially like special, right? It's, you know, being able to do that um, amongst, you know, either like young adults, depending on the community, right? Young adults or ones with children, depending on what it is, everybody has a different taste of what they want. And and it's nice to be able to have that variety. And, and like you said, with the dining room table, everyone wants to bring their dining room table. And, you know, lots of times we can fit it in in retirement homes, but more often than not, we don't, right? More often we're trying to downsize it because Physically, they may not use it anymore or physically it's just really big. Right. So but like you said, they're making memories and that's why. A hundred percent. And one of the other things that we have the ability to be flexible with is couples. Right. So we get a lot of people coming to us that are, uh, you know, husband and wife or just significant others. And one of them might be a little bit higher acuity and needs some supplemental care. And the other one is totally fine and, you know, still mobile and still active and still um, very energetic. And so for both of them to move into a traditional AL doesn't make a lot of sense, but for it, them to move together into one of our fully managed units where one person might be receiving some supplemental care for help with ADLs and the other one can live completely independent, independently in, an, in a regular apartment community, um, that's a big benefit. You know, That's a big benefit for the residents themselves and for their family members. Can you tell us a little bit more, you know, I'm I'm a senior living in one of these communities. What does that look like? Because you had mentioned that, you know, it could be on an app, it could be on the phone call. You know, is it a concierge type service? Can you wrap our heads around it a bit? Yeah. So we have a whole catalog, essentially, of services that we wrap around apartments, things like food and transportation and um, companionship and assistance provided by PAPA. Um, but also things like community events and activities. Uh, we have curated events in all of our geographies now. Um, that enable people to participate in activities and and experiences, we like to call them, uh, with people that are like-minded, whether they live in their building or they live in their zip code. And so I think that people really, it seems that they really want community, but they also want to be able to retreat from that when they're, you know, when they want to be on their own. And and that, I think that's a really important point. So we are very thoughtful about how we group geographically cluster our units. 
uh, and we do it around community centers like YMCA's or JCC's or local uh, you know neighborhood community centers. Um, and that really creates this sort of hub and spoke senior living experience, but you know doing it outside the walls. I think I think it's fantastic. When I uh, worked in one of the retirement homes I used to work at, there were new apartments that came up, and a lot of our independent seniors flocked out to the apartments. But then when they got there, what they didn't realize, the apartment didn't realize there would be so many seniors coming. Uh, and then what the seniors didn't realize is there was no socialness set up. And even as much as something simple like a coffee break or something like that, although you know, ideally for social purposes, we'd want something more than a coffee break, but just starting a little bit, it's basically to have people gather, right? And that's something that those apartments around that specific retirement home actually adjusted to and started programming for the seniors because they saw the need. Um, so I'll give you those contacts when you get to Canada. <laughs> Please, that would be fantastic. Um, just before the break, can you tell me um, a little bit about the, the people that might be interested specifically? Actually, I, you know, I hear Freddie in my ear. It's one minute. So let's, instead of uh, getting into that now, let's um, go out to a break, um, Jake. So what we'll do when we get back is Jake and I are going to continue the conversation and learn about a little bit more about people that might be attracted uh, to learning or learning, living in these apartment style homes, as well as a little bit more about our healthcare system currently and what that might look like for Upside Home and Jake. So we'll talk to you in a little bit. You're watching Artful Aging with Amy on Bold Break TV. Are you in need of retirement living, but unsure where to begin? At retirementhomeadvisors.ca, we have brought senior living advisors together from all over Canada to help families navigate the senior living industry. For more information, book a call with one of our advisors today. Welcome back. I've been talking with Jake all about apartment living for independent seniors. As many of you know, I work retirement homes mainly where we assist uh, RT and Toast clients, but mostly for the reason that there's not a lot of options. We talked about before the break how some of the apartments are now kind of seeing this trend, especially as you know the next 20 years of trend. You know, seniors are are going to be a hotspot for for everything actually, not just in the senior living industry. So they started to see a little bit of a trend, but again, there's not a lot of stuff and definitely really nothing that I've heard of besides Upside Home for what we're speaking of today. So I definitely see some of the issues with our current system, especially moving into a time, again, like nothing else that we've ever seen. So how do we support these independent seniors going forward? Jake, with the world changing and a lot of unknowns with our healthcare system, I know that you're in the States, I'm in Canada, there's a lot of stuff going on, not to mention just COVID, because that's where, we're, you know, that's where we're at right now at the show. But our healthcare system is changing. Why do you feel like now is the best time to launch Upside Home? Uh, it's a great question. And I think that it's hard to know exactly how all of the changes that have been accelerated as a result of COVID or not uh, will play out over the next 10, 15, 20 years or beyond. But what we're feeling in the States and, and I, what you've probably been feeling in Canada for a long time or longer than us is this movement towards value-based care versus fee-for-service. And we're seeing it more acutely um, sort of everywhere and realizing that social determinants uh, are really critical in maintaining and, and improving health outcomes for, for older adults and for everybody. Um, housing has is one of the most studied social determinants of health, and I think that payers are starting to realize that. The federal government starting to realize that, 
And if we're able to control a, a whole host of services all surrounding a person's living environment, um, we can we really believe that we can improve outcomes meaningfully. Uh, and senior living should be able to do the same thing. So, uh, you know, I, I think that there's going to be this big, big movement on prevention uh, and on value creation for uh, for older adults. Uh, and it's simple interventions. I mean, Papa created a completely brand new class of caregiver, and the you know the, the health plans realize that if you can make someone a little bit less lonely and you can provide them some basic assistance with things like changing the television remote battery. Uh, or driving them to the grocery store a couple times a week, you can actually reduce fall risk and you can reduce hospital visits and you can reduce all of these different things and you know improve quality of life for people. And so I think that the system is just starting to wrap its head around you know payment and reimbursement infrastructure and how we do all of these things. But I th- I'd say the overall longer term trend is value based versus what we've been doing here in the states at least for a long time is fee for service, um, you know, much more reactive. Absolutely. Yeah. And with uh, just speaking briefly of COVID, what, you know, what we saw happening, myself and my team, is that, you know, a lot of people stopped and didn't move. Right. And so they waited it out. And these independent folks waited it out, but then they got isolated. Then they were in homes with stairs and things like that. And so then they had to move. And so when everything lightened up, so this past fall, which fall in the seniors living industry generally is busier, kind of follows real estate trends. um, A lot of people decided to make a move but so then we had the normal fall people like the the people that would have moved we have the backlog of the covid people who would have moved and now we have the new bubble of seniors just because there's more seniors in the industry and so you know our homes here have started to get fill up more and more and more past you know getting waiting lists and stuff which hadn't really happened before so you know it's nice to be able to almost um, reuse apartment style living and like you said intergenerational living because the buildings are already there they can be you know formed up so maybe you could tell us a little bit more about that you know if you're looking at bringing on different apartments uh, for our, our seniors what kinds of things do you do in those apartments to make them safe how do you adjust them it's a great question, and you're right. I, I, we're going to need to have capacity for the for the conditions in the market. COVID's accelerated a lot of these things, and we're seeing occupancy rates go up in traditional senior living all day, you know, all the time now, uh, which is great for the industry. And you know, we really want to make sure that apartments are conducive for the person from a safety standpoint. So what we do though is we do it just in time. So we have a very wide range of people that live with us from an acuity standpoint, from an age standpoint. We have residents as young as 60 and residents as old as 87 or 88. And so we don't want to over-optimize these units. And what we do is we do a very thorough intake when a person comes to us for the first time. We really understand, we do a home safety assessment or safety assessment to understand what the risks that, that this person poses are or what the risks to them are. And then we just in time retrofit the apartment based on their individual and specific needs. And then of course, over time, as a person ages and as a person might, God forbid, break a hip or whatever it might happen over the course of an aging journey, we are there at every moment in order to continually optimize that unit. So if today a person doesn't need shower grab bars, but tomorrow because they had a fall and they are just coming out of a rehab program, uh, you know, for physical therapy, now they need shower grab bars and we can be there just in time or actually just before the time that they that they really need it. So everything that we do is just in time and it's optimized um, for the for that specific individual. 
I think that's terrific because uh, like a lot of our independent seniors that I talk with don't, like you said, they don't feel old. They don't want, they have a younger mindset. They don't want to be moving into somewhere um, that has a lot of those safety features already because those, those, some of those things make people feel older, right? Like a, a lot of, a lot of grab bars and things like that, although they're safety and we all understand what the purpose is of them. Many people actually choose not to move because they don't want to be set up in that way before they need to do that. So I think that that is super advantageous because like you said, just in time, just as they need it, you guys are there to kind of, um, to keep the ball rolling for them, to keep them safe and just to support them in their own environment as they go. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think there's always been a stigma with getting older. Uh, and it's, and the products that we've built for older adults over the forever, uh, have been sort of associated with that stigma. And so people are reluctant and they're hesitant. And, you know, the same goes for the physical building and the physical apartment. It needs to be welcoming and comforting and, and it needs to feel like this is this supports me, but I'm not in an institutionalized type of setting. I don't people don't want to live in a hospital setting. Well, a lot a lot of the products, to be honest, are ugly <laughs> as well. Yeah. Right. They're just they're institutional. They're kind of ugly. People just don't want them. I mean, we're we were thrilled when one of the companies here got grab bars like toilet, toilet, uh, hold, toilet paper holders that were grab bars too, or towel rocks that did the same because they didn't look as bad. They didn't have this weird look to them. They so, blend in, right? Yeah, they do. Yeah. Well, Jake, this has been super informative. For more information on Jake and Upside Home, head over to artfulagingwithamy.com. Jake, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you really so much, Amy. It. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Awesome. We'll see you soon. After the break, we're going to speak with another friend of mine, Elizabeth. Uh, you definitely want to stay tuned. You're watching Artful Aging with Amy on Bull Brave TV. See you in a few. Artful Aging with Amy is currently looking for guests and show ideas for our next season. Drop us a line at hello at artfulagingwithamy.com and let us know what you would like to learn about in our upcoming season. Welcome back to Artful Aging with Amy. We're on Bold Brave TV. Uh, I first met our next guest a few years ago, and I was over the moon excited to meet her and know about her new business. Elizabeth Audette Bordeaux is a CEO and co-founder of Wellbe. Wellbe is the fastest growing resident experience platform in senior living communities. Now, why is this important or innovative, you might ask? So when I started my career in senior living about 20 years ago, I began in recreation. And back then, communities tracked recreation stats uh, not only to hold up their accreditations, but as well to make sure that the residents' well-being is taken care of properly and to catch any problems and health issues that might result um, from things that might have come up. However, in that day and time, and really up till now, because our system is just starting to get organized in recreation, I feel, um, the recreation managers and myself literally had binders and papers and unorganized amounts of stuff on our desk just to make this stuff happen. It was super daunting task, often left to the end because nobody wants to go through all these binders and paperwork to check off if somebody was at an event. And we weren't really doing a lot with this information at that point. It was more so to, to hold the accreditations and things like that. So Wellbe fixes all of this and most importantly sets each community up to not only be successful in their paperwork game, but also more successful in learning their behavior, uh, learning what, what better suits them, 
um, to be able to have better conversations even and more engagement and happier residents. So welcome, Elizabeth. Thanks so much for joining me today. Hi, Amy. Thank you so much for welcoming me on your show. I'm super excited to be here. I'm so happy to have you on. Now, I know that I've not done WellBe justice by my brief explanation, so could you please tell us a little bit more about WellBe and what the main issues you are that you are addressing? I actually think you did a very good job, so don't be too Is it because I'm so excited about it? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I love how you've always been excited about WellBe, and, and I'm very excited to be here as well, so thank you again. So pretty much what WellBe does is, like you said, right now, recreation staff will just have everything in binders, on paper. So a new resident will move in. They'll get to know the resident, answer all the questionnaires, fill out all the questions on paper, put it on their their desk and never look back at it. And it gets very hard to remember what each resident like, don't like. And there's obviously, sadly, a pretty high uh, staff turnover. So if one, one staff remembers the resident and she leaves or he leaves, then this data is gone. So for us, this was a big issue and we needed to fix that on top of them being overwhelmed and overworked because they're just running everywhere. So we're like, okay, we're in, at the time we were in 2018, we, there's got to be a better solution. We can support them and help them digitize everything so that we can have kind of this assistant that can help them through their daily tasks. So now with WellBe, when a new resident moves in, they will answer all the questions they were answering on a piece of paper, but now on WellBe, and WellBe will then aggregate all this data and start making recommendations to the staff as to how they can improve the engagement, how they can make sure to engage every resident the way that they want to. So in the era of Netflix, Amazon, and Google, which is just personalizing everything for you, we are personalizing the experience of the resident in those communities by providing the staff with the right data. I think it's fantastic. And, and it's it's so helpful because... You're right. Most, a lot of the communities have one recreation manager. Very few I've seen, and it could be changing now because of the changing needs of the seniors, but most often it, that's the only person, right? And so in long-term care, we had uh, a couple of rec assistants and things like that, but in retirement living, and I know you do both, right? So in retirement living, there's often a recreation manager and sometimes there's not any other people. And so that person is not only responsible for organizing, running, planning, all those events, but they also have to keep up their accreditation and make sure that they're abiding by stuff. They have to learn about their residents. And just speaking from my own experience, it's a lot of lot of work, a lot of things to do, especially in the bigger homes. One of my first homes, we had, I think, about 150 units, right? And so that's 150 to you know 180 residents, and that's a lot of stuff to know. So how did you come up with this idea of well-being? So pretty much it's back then my grandpa started being sick and he needed a bit more uh, supervision. So we thought, why not put him into a retirement community thinking he would have the help and then also at the same time join a community so he would engage with them and hopefully his health would at least stay the same or get better. But then sadly it did the opposite and his, his health like really got affected when we put him into that community and then he passed away a few months later. And for me, it was really that life-changing moment where I was like, okay, what happened here? Like we were promised this amazing community. He's going to go go out, talk with everybody, join activities. We're going to engage him. We know him. We know what he likes, what he doesn't like. But in fact, he ended up just being in his room. And I, at the time I was a bit frustrated to be honest, because I was like, what happened? And then when I 
actually went into a community. So we ended up sleeping at some communities to really understand what was going on. And I realized like, how, how can a human being remember 150 people plus what they like, what they don't like, have they gotten out of their room? Have they not, what have they been doing? It just gets out of hand. And on top of that, they got to run everywhere. Like you said, there are some regulations, so they need to do some reporting. And we've noticed they are spending about 30 hours a month, so almost a full week, in their office having to do some administrative tasks. So this is impossible to do. Like, they're just overwhelmed. And, and these people are in the domain because they want to help our loved one, but they just can't because they don't have the time and the right resources. So at that point, I was like, okay, there's got to be a better solution. And that's when we created Wellbe. And now we are saving them about 25 hours of administrative time a month. So that's almost a full week back into their schedule that they can now go and interact with the resident, make sure that they're having a great time. And on, on top of that, they now have the data to know what this resident's like. Have they haven't been seen and how long have they not been seen for so that they know who to engage with and who not. And especially during COVID, this came in super handy because Obviously, you want to know, like, if any staff member needs to come in to try to support the recreation staff, they just go on to Welby and they know everything about Claire and how to engage with her and make sure that she's going to be having a great time and not be socially isolated like we've seen during COVID. I think that's fantastic because there's a lot of times in, in retirement as a part of the management team where if the rec person's off, the management has to step in or other staff have to step in ensure if it's a day or so you know not being 100 percent maybe won't make that much of a difference but if it's an elongated period you know it does make a big difference and and true also is that the rec people are running around and a lot of times out of building and so how are they supposed to be building doing things for the residents and with the residents and in their office reporting it's really really uh difficult for everybody so what we're going to do, we'll take a break, Elizabeth, and after the break, we're going to continue this conversation. You're watching Artful Aging with Amy. We're on Bold Brave TV. We'll see you in a few. Are you and your family considering senior living options, but you're not quite sure where to start? In my best-selling book, Breadcrumbs Piecing Together the Retirement Living Industry, you will find tips and strategies for navigating the entire journey. Whether you're needing help with understanding the basics or strategies to help a loved one with dementia, it's all inside. Head over to tntoast.ca forward slash ebook to pick up your copy today. Welcome back. I've been speaking with Elizabeth of Wellbe. And now I know that Wellbe can do a whole host of things. We just started touching on it now. One of my personal favorites is the personalized plans and calendars. Because let me tell you, as a former rec person, I, when developing the calendars, they all look different from each home, regardless of which brand of home you're under. It's, it's troublesome because it's like, what software are you using? You know, how, how many things can go into one of the calendar boxes? It's a nightmare more than the general public would understand, I think. So could you please um, elaborate a little bit, Elizabeth, uh, to our listeners about uh, what the platform offers both to residents and their families? Yeah, certainly. So pretty much once we've gathered all the data about this resident, Welby knows about this resident. So we can now make recommendations as to what their personalized calendar would look like. So let's take Claire, who mentioned when she moved in five years ago, which right now, if they don't have Welby, they wouldn't even remember that she mentioned that. But now with Welby, we remember that she loves 
Aquafit. She loves bowling and she has a big uh, love for cats, as an example. So what Welby is going to do is that each month, whenever the recreation staff will organize the community calendar, it's going to make some suggestions as to which type of activities they should import into their calendar so that they can maximize engagement within their community. Because it's not true that everybody plays bingo and loves bingo all throughout the, the country. It's different based on where you live, where you're at, the region you're in, and your background story. So Welby will make a recommendation in terms of what to put on that big master calendar. And then after that, it will automatically generate a personalized calendar for Claire based on what she's mentioned that she's like. So as an example, in this situation, she would see when Aquafit is happening, when uh, there will be a visit of like some cats into the community and when bowling will be happening. So Claire now has her own calendar. And this is amazing for on the retirement home side, because we know on retirement, there can be 300 activities going on all throughout the month. So it gets very uh, complicated, but it's also great on the memory care side of things where someone might not remember when their activity are happening and it's important to still engage them. So right now, what they would do without Welby is actually print the calendar, start highlighting with a highlighter, every single calendar for each resident, so 300 residents one by one. Now with Welby, one click, they get to print it, share it with the resident, and they're happy about it. So that's been a very big impact. And then in terms of the impact for the families, then they get to see which event their loved one would be would like to attend. So that that way, if they want to come with them, obviously with uh, the COVID measures, it's been a bit harder, but they get to see what their loved ones are doing which has been pretty uh, popular lately, especially when you can't see your loved one because of the measures that have been put in place. For sure. I'm actually getting flashbacks of highlighting. So for, for sure what you're saying, and I was saying to Elizabeth over the break, I love that they went into the communities and spent some time there. So they actually understand what the flow in the community is. And I think, you know, Welby is such a interesting, innovative product that any retirement home or long-term care home that brings it on um, I believe that, you know, the people that are moving there are going to have a heightened um, sense of involvement, a heightened sense of, you know, making sure that things are more tailored to them and a little bit happier about it. Um, and and hopefully what happened with Elizabeth's family doesn't continue to happen as more and more people get well be in their systems. But as I mentioned previously, I've been a recreation director and in hindsight, there wasn't a lot of help. Um, I was thinking about this for the show today. There, there just wasn't a lot of help. And to be honest, a lot of the other managers did, didn't did take the recreation manager as seriously. Um, and I think it's, you know, generally still happens today, right? Because they don't, they see, you know, recreation, oh, that's not as serious as feeding people or invoicing and things like that. But it is. It's a very serious job. People, like you said, Elizabeth, go into this job because they love what they do. They want to impact people in a positive light um, with their rec backgrounds or their passions. So why have you chosen to build a platform in the recreation space in the first place? I know, you know, you've got your own personal story, but like I said, recreation managers are kind of those those folks that are just not seen as much as some of the other managers. So definitely the unsung heroes. To be honest, yeah. when you take the time to live into a community, you will notice how crucial they are to the community. And for me, I really see this as, okay, you've moved into a community because you were promised that you were going to have an amazing experience, that they were going to be there for you and make sure that, because otherwise you can just stay home, right? Especially on the retirement home side. And 
the recreation team, I see them as the experience team. Like they're making sure that once you're moved in, they're the extension arm of the family. They're making sure you're having a great time and that you are well taken care of. And there are studies out there that actually shows that if you're not engaged and you're not participating and you're socially isolated into your room, it increases your chances of suffering of dementia by 64%. And it's as bad as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. So there has to be something done in order to make sure that our seniors are not socially isolated. And the team that is responsible for that is completely overwhelmed and don't have the right resources. And that's why at Wellbe, it's been very important for me to get out there and tell people about how important recreation is. Like you said, they're most often thought about like the last, they will be last into the, the kind of the, the, the line of like priorities, which is extremely sad because they should be first. They are mm-hmm. the first one that will engage with the resident. They're the one that will make sure they're having a great time and are enjoying their time within the community. And the health impact is based on them being engaged. And that's how you can maintain them at a good and healthy uh, position so that they can stay within your community as long as possible. And, you know, all of that, of course. And then not to mention on the retirement home side of the operator, you know, a lot of the retirement homes, and as Jake and I were talking about, there's more and more seniors coming in, which means there's more and more independent seniors because people are living longer. And a lot of residences and businesses want to attract the younger independent senior, but then they don't fulfill the other side of the recreation programs, the good food program, like, you know, things like that. So, you know, when you're wanting to attract a certain clientele as a retirement home, you have to give them what they're looking for. And so those independent seniors, in my own experience, move to retirement homes either because they're isolated, because their nutrition's, you know, not going well, or they're having trouble doing that, or they need some social. That's usually why independent people make a move to retirement. And so you have to make sure that you can back it up when people move, if that's the clientele that you want. 50%, 50% are the people that say that they moved in for the community. So it's not about food. It's not about everything else. It's too easy for communities to be the same. They're all the same now. Location, food, they're all the same now. It's all about the experience that you're providing for your residents. And that's why Wellbe is here. Yeah, I used to like I used to say cruise ship on land is what we're trying to get to. So um, we're we're at the time already, Elizabeth. Thank you so much for joining me today. For more information on Wellbe and Elizabeth, head over to artfulagingwithamy.com. Again, thanks, Elizabeth. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thanks. We'll see you after the break. And uh, I'm going to go over my top tips for supporting independent seniors. Are you watching us on YouTube, but would rather listen to us in the car or on a walk? No problem. Artful Aging with Amy is also available as a podcast. Head over to artfulagingwithamy.com for the links. Welcome back. I hope you've enjoyed today's information as much as I have. Like I said, I really love when new folks come into the senior housing industry, sometimes it can be a bit stuffy uh, with old ways and with a lot of new seniors entering the market, um, things need to change and we need to shake it up a bit. So I'm super grateful for Jake and Elizabeth joining me today. I'd like to give you some top tips on ways to keep seniors who are independent more engaged. Uh, A lot of seniors that are independent tend to kind of do their own thing. So you know, their family members don't really know, you know, what they're up to sometimes. And if they get isolated, they want to make sure to take care of it. So how do you keep people engaged? Who are so, so tip one is to support their social life. 
So sometimes that means offering or helping to arrange transportation. So sometimes people stop doing things socially because they can't get out. Um, and so uh, organizing transportation for them or, or getting them places would help quite a lot. And another part of the social life is a lot of families tend to assume that um, their senior loved ones should slow down or stop an activity because they're getting older. But that's generally not, you know, not the best uh, approach because a lot of these independent seniors would like to keep doing their stuff, but maybe they just need a little bit of help, like I said, in transportation or something. So let's try not to discourage people from being active and engaging. Tip two is check in and pay attention. The sooner you catch something, uh, the better off you can change it. So make sure that if you have an independent senior or any senior in your life, you're checking in, you're, you're touching base with them often and paying attention to things that may change. Because if you can catch it early enough, there's often a lot of things that you can readjust so that um, it doesn't go down a, sleep, uh, a steep slope. So, you know, for instance, if they're for some reason tripping over um, throw rugs all of a sudden or whatnot, even though it's not recreation based, getting those out of there right away will prevent a fall off of throw rugs down the way. So think about that. Just try to pay attention to what's kind of generally going on. Tip three would be for the seniors to keep engaging in exercise. It's a good rule of thumb for all of us, I feel, but keep moving. Uh, it doesn't always have to be standing up. There's definitely a lot of exercises that are chair exercises, even chair yoga. There's chair drumming we talked about on episode three as well. So head back there and, and learn about that. There's lots of different things to do. Um, tip four really are, are things like audiobooks. You know, teach them, I guess, audiobooks and tech. So help to teach your seniors that in your lives how to use these different things in the tech universe because things like video calling and Facebook um, have all become even more important to stay connected. Um, so make sure that they know how to use it and if they're interested in And if one thing doesn't work, try something else. And then lastly, um, tip five would be, you know, maybe look into some senior living options, whether it's in the apartment style like Jake was talking about or in retirement like we were talking about just a minute ago. Um, often that does have a lot of their peer network in. A lot of people have similar experiences, and that is one of the reasons um, that people tend to move that way. So that's it for today. On next week's show, we're going to be talking to Lisa Garland all about foot care as we age. For more information on today's guest, please head over to artfulagingwithamy.com. And always feel free, please like and share our episodes so that more people can find them. Thanks so much for joining us today. I hope you have a wonderful Wednesday. You've been listening to Artful Aging with host Amy. Many folks just like you feel they're alone in their journey in helping a loved one or caregiver. So tune in each week and let Amy show you that help is around the corner and is just one conversation away here on Artful Aging.